Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Six and Out podcast. It's your host, Craig, here. We are on episode number four. We've hit our first boundary in cricket, so that's very exciting. And because we hit our first boundary, it's episode number four. We have a little bit of a different introduction today. Uh, we are going to have our first ever guest on the Six and Out podcast, hopefully the first of many. Uh, but we are starting out with our friend Cheese of the Beijing Ducks. So please do stick around and listen to it because it's a fascinating chat about how he's played cricket all around the world in places that you might not imagine actually play all of our cricket and established clubs there. So we got a great insight into that. We talked a little about charity work, a little about what makes cricket special in the amateur world because I mean, a lot of us that play cricket have a very special relationship there. So please stick around, leave some comments down below. We would love to hear your comments about what Cheese had to say, what Arnie and I had to say, or questions for us about the Asia Cup, any other cricket that's going on. So please leave those down there. But without further ado, let's head on over and have a chat with our good friend Cheese. Well, folks, uh, Arnie and I are privileged uh, to bring you today our first ever guest on the uh, Six and Out podcast, hopefully the first of many, like I've said, uh, and we are starting out with a, a fine friend of ours, uh, a man that is known as Cheese of the Ducks to us. Uh, Cheese, welcome along. Uh, how are you doing this evening, sir? Uh, well, thank you very much for having me, and that was a very, uh, very elaborate introduction, but I'm doing well. It's uh, it's currently, oh, I'm not sure what time we are in the morning here, currently five to four in the morning. Um, so, yeah. I'm okay. Given given uh, giving, giving a new uh, a new meaning to the word night watchman, uh, definitely bringing that living that out in real life. Yeah, well, I've never been one up until now, so there, you are. there we go. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be on, guys. Um, I feel uh, really uh, sort of humbled and. And special to be invited on as your first guest. So, well, there you are. On, yeah, the, on, on the, the honours board of Six and Out, when, whenever illustrious names start to go on there, they'll always be, be sitting underneath your name, Gee, So you'll have, that, uh, right. you'll have that in your back pocket. Oh, <laughs> they'll never take that away from you. Yeah. Well, listen, I'll, I'll just maybe set a little bit of context because um, you're, you're our first guest. Um, but I'll just say a bit of context because cricket does, as we know, um it's and particularly cricket sports in general but cricket does have the ability to put us in strange places in strange situations and uh, i wanted to raise that because i feel like cheese you probably have the majority of the world beaten in that department with a couple of your experiences in terms of your amateur uh, cricket as as we've gotten to know each other over the last uh, couple of months so it is pretty hard for us not to start with how you kind of get your name or how we refer to you as cheese of the Beijing ducks, uh, Beijing obviously being in China. So do you, we just start out and you can tell us, how did you end up in China, first of all? And uh, how did you how did you end up helping to form a cricket club in Beijing? Let's start there. Uh, okay, yeah, it's, uh, it is a question I get asked a lot um, when people find out what my nickname is. But basically, I ended up in China uh, because my my wife accepted a teaching job in uh, Harrow International School, so a very illustrious posh school in the UK, um, and she went out to teach uh, in Beijing uh, as an art teacher over there, and I naturally followed. Um, so 
she went out before me. I had to wait a little bit of time uh, because we weren't married then. Um, so it was a lot harder to get a visa and uh, everything like that, really. But yeah, I uh, I went out with the sort of expectation that, oh, I could, I'll, I'll just get a job when I'm out there. I'll find something. And um, luckily I did. I uh, I ended up working for a company that led hikes on the Great Wall of China. So I did that. <laughs> I did that for a year, um, yeah, and led led multiple groups of uh, people trekking up and down the Great Wall of China um, in various remote locations. Um, but at the weekends, that was sort of uh, was was my time, um, and being a, a a big cricketer, sort of all my life, and having played the sport um, whenever I can, really, um, it was one thing I was sort of not looking forward to the sort of the lack of cricket but i found out that there was um a cricket club based in beijing called the beijing cricket club um and it had four teams playing uh sort of under its banner um so i got in touch with them and they just said right you need to turn up at this ground at this time i say this ground there was only one ground um in in beijing um at the time so still is i think um but yeah, turn up there and you can play. This is your team. You are now part of the Daredevils Cricket Club um, and you're playing for them. So I did. I followed the instructions, got there nice and early um, for a, I think it was a 10 o'clock start. I think I was there about half past nine. Um, the only person there, it got to 10 o'clock. I was still the only person there. It got to 10.30. I think I was still the only person there. Um, and then slowly dribs and drabs of people started appearing um anyway it was it was good the standards of cricket was good um played on an artificial strip um at the middle of sort of dulwich college uh sports ground which was really nice so full-size cricket pitch um but um yeah it just wasn't it was like i don't know it just didn't have that same feel to me about it as like a as a team as a social event as a the sort of place where you'd make sort of good friends that you'd stay in touch with um and apart from one other guy there that day really no one else sort of hung around after the game mm. um so i was i was chatting with this kiwi lad that uh, i met and we got on really well and uh, we shared a taxi back from the ground all the way back to uh, sort of central Beijing because we lived actually not that far from each other. Um, and we were chatting in the taxi. Oh, yeah, this isn't how, how we play cricket back home. And he was like, yeah, it's the same. It's like, yeah, different parts of the world. But it was it was more focused on the social aspect yeah. again. Yeah. So we just got chatting and he, he was like, oh, well, I met this American guy as well. And uh, we almost had the same conversation. So we should all get together as three and see what we can do about it. So we did. So myself and a guy called Pete Baker from the US um, and I say a, a Kiwi, a New Zealander, Tom Ashton. We uh, we got together in a pub, which was handy because it was a uh, Tom was a, a head brewer of a local brew pub in Beijing. So um, we met there, had several beers and talked and dreamed up big ideas of starting our own cricket club and dominating the Beijing league and 
most of East Asia. Um, and yeah, it started from there really in 2016. So yeah, uh, still going. Like anything, the best laid plans are always always formed in a in a pub around around a pint. In fact, the 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 club that I played for in in uh, United States here in Hoboken uh, was formed at the back of a the back of a bar. Um, our our president always tells a story of, uh, and I'll ask you this question in in a second actually of how you came to the name of uh, of the Ducks for your your team, but um, our team was was Hoboken. And for a brief period of time between, I think, beer six or seven, uh, somebody suggested calling the club Hobotham, which um, having been <laughs> pre- president of a club as an Irish one, he, he quickly shot that one down for a number of reasons. But um, as I, I digress, how, how did you arrive at the name, the, the Ducks then? Is it a, was it, was it a... Um, well, yeah, it, it was, it was, we were just, we were just spitting names out as you do. There was also, I can't even remember some of the, um, like the suggestions, but the one that sort of seemed to stick was um, just round the corner from the bar. There's the classic. Obviously, everyone's heard of Peking duck, um, but Peking being the old colonial name for Beijing. Um, a lot of the the restaurants in Beijing that specialised in duck, you would see it everywhere, and it's just advertised like number one Beijing duck restaurant, like number one Beijing duck number well there was never a number two so it was like um yeah so it was like oh what about the uh the Beijing ducks and I was like we sort of were like yeah because there's the play on the 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 duck obviously for cricket and it's also a play on the food so we decided on that we were like yeah, yeah that's really good so we sort of got stuck on that and then we found out that the basketball team in Beijing um, the official Beijing basketball team are called the Beijing Ducks, um, which was like, oh, no. We were like, no, we're, we're going to stick with our name. It's like we're, we're an amateur sports club um, and it's the Beijing Ducks Cricket Club. So there's no confusion there. Um, but then incidentally, um, a rugby team formed um, a year or two after we'd formed and they called themselves the Beijing Ducks <laughs> Rugby Club. So, yeah, it was funny. Um, and we were all sponsored, apart from the basketball team, which were the professionals. Um, we were all, sp- the rugby club and ourselves, we were sponsored by the same Irish bar. Of course. A good, good connection there, yeah. Of course, of course. Paddy O'Kay. Uh, I, I, um, I, Irish bars are the, the backbone of the amateur sporting community. There's no, there's no doubt about that, no doubt about that. You talked a little exactly. bit a second ago, geez, just about whenever you were talking about, you know, you raised the point that you had played cricket in China. You, there was was there only really one place to play because you know we all think about cricket and how it can be played really in any scenario. You can play it in a car park as long as you have a ball and a bat. But organized cricket is a little different. You do need a strip. Was were you really limited in where you could play the sport or? Um, we were, yeah. We we all the official games that we played. Um, were played at a school, um, a school ground. So it was a big sports, uh, big sports complex. There was like an American football pitch there, full size Astro football, um, hockey, um, you name it, it was there. But they had, um, being a British international school, they had a um, a concrete strip with matting on top um, in the middle of their field, which was handy for us. So. And um, we used to share that. Um, there, 
became five teams in Beijing with the formation of the Ducks. Um, and we used to play on their, their ground there for our match games. And that was all organised through the Beijing Cricket Club umbrella. Um, but otherwise, it was we used to play on um, five-a-side Astro football pitches simply because it was the only place you could mm. really play. And it was surrounded by loads of netting. Yeah. Um, fencing even cover the top sometimes so i mean you could happily smash the ball around and um you weren't in danger of causing any damage to sort of cars and uh, the local uh residents as did, well so did, to speak yeah. did you get a few strange looks when you were you were on those places for the local because i can't imagine you know you guys can correct me wrong i don't think cricket is big in china i mean i i'd, I'd like to think i know my me and hubs are cricket but did you get strange looks from folks like what the, what is going on over there? We did. We'd often uh, we'd often get um, sort of groups of I say usually with sort of older older men and they they come round um, with a sort of that puzzled inquisitive look um, and they'd sort of stand and they'd watch for five ten minutes and then they'd come up and they'd they'd converse with you about like what what are you doing is this is this baseball <laughs> and we're like no no this is and the only way you could really describe it was as english baseball um which is really bad because it's just not yeah. um you're anyone right. who's played right. cricket knows knows it's not baseball um yeah. but um yeah it was great i mean and we had a few really strange occasions once where like we were playing an actual game at the school's ground on the proper pitch um and just a family turned up like on a little three-wheel trike electric cart um drove across the middle of the pitch <laughs> um pulled up um stopped got their picnic out and sat down in the outfield um, to which to which we had to go over and explain to them that like oh you've got to go off the pit we're playing a game here the ball's really hard and then they were like oh yeah it's okay it's okay and then as soon as someone hit the ball and it went flying past them, um, crashed into like the pavilion, which wasn't that far away, it made an awful, and they sort of got the message then that it was like, oh, <laughs> this, is, this is dangerous now. So, um, All the time, the groundskeeper just turned up and turned all the sprinklers on in the middle of a game. Um, so, yeah, there's a few, a De- few occasions. Dedication yeah. to the role, you know. I don't care who plays on here. I just want a really, really good ground. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you it's ever, a... Chiefs, did you ever manage to convince the the locals to actually get involved in the game and sign up for the club? Because it's one thing that we we find tricky in the United States, at least. And obviously, the United States there's competing sports like baseball and all that kind of stuff. But did did you ever have a a, lo- a true local or a, a native go? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my uh, my historical sports out the window. I'm gonna give this cricket cricket a go. Um, well, we did in the sense that we had um, a guy, he lived down in uh, Hong Kong actually for a while, um, but he was up in Beijing studying and he was part of the national um, cricket setup in China. He was part of their development program. Um, so he played for a while, but obviously he'd already been introduced to cricket and he was aware of it. But we did get a few um, locals one of the guys worked in uh, one of the bars and he came down and gave it a shot and he'd turn up and he was, he, 
he wanted to play and we'd let him play. Um, but he was a bit like, oh, I'm not very good. So um, I'll just watch for a bit. And um, he sort of became a bit of a supporter. But gotcha. then he did play. But so, interestingly enough, we got more Americans signing up um, just because we had we had five or six regular Americans come down um, and play with us. Um, and they just used to they'd bring like their friends down the like the marines who were like the security force at the embassy some of them would turn up and and play and yeah i mean really interesting um but yeah we really struggled with the locals yeah, to sort yeah. of get them yeah, which is maybe not uh, that yeah maybe not that not that surprising right when you think about it but so so you, you had your six teams in in Beijing, but I believe you did a bit of traveling around for different competitions and there were different cities or regions that would have played against each other. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, the first, the first tournament that we played in that we traveled to, um, we'd only got six, six or seven members, um, signed up then. So we thought, well, what better to do than enter a six aside tournament? So we'd, um, I don't know how. I honestly still can't remember how, but we found out about a, a six-a-side tournament that was being played in Nanjing, which is a couple of hours south of Beijing. For those who don't know, Nanjing sort of means southern capital. Beijing, Bay is north. So Beijing is like the northern capital. Um, so we ended up going, getting in touch with these guys. We, we travelled down on the train, the high-speed train, all, in all our cricket gear, because... We had to. We'd had shirts made, so we're like, we're going to wear these shirts, and turned up, and um, we couldn't find any hats though. So we ended up with. Have you seen those kids' hats that are like little duck bills with like a duck's face on the top? So we bought a load of those, yeah, and we like the ones you get at like a theme park. Disneyland. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so it was like a duck's bill, like on the. Pe- I've got photos somewhere. I'll I'll send them over one day. Um, and yeah, we went down on the train and we we're like, we got the location. We, we're meeting in this bar. It's like, the, as, as all cricket events seem to do, they originate from bars and alcohol. So the, the welcome party to the Nanjing Sixes was in a bar in central Nanjing somewhere. So we jumped in a taxi from the train station or taxis because there were six of us. And we got to this bar, which was absolutely heaving. There was, there must have been like 60, 70 people there all spilling out of the bar there was a live band playing um and all the other teams were there already like very well oiled and they all seemed to know each other um so there's us the newcomers to this tournament walking into a bar full of people we've never met before who are all quite drunk and we're all wearing our beijing duck shirts and stupid hats and the (laughs) band the band are actually playing creep by radiohead (laughs) (laughs) um and it got to the set and if you're familiar with that song it it gets to a section (laughs) where it was just like and it's like and you don't belong here (laughs) just turned around you don't belong (laughs) like over and over again Uh, and it was oh it was hilarious but then like some guy just came over the massive tray of beers and was just like here you go like beers and we're like oh great like what do we get? Oh, yeah. And they were like, no, no, they're all free. It's my bar. You just drink them. So, um, and it started from there, really. Um, and we, we went on to, uh, 
to win that tournament in Beijing. It was a very social tournament, I'll put it this way. Um, so the cricket was good, bad and interesting all at the same time. Um, the ground was interesting. Um, playing conditions were interesting. Um, it was, oh, but it was it was very, very memorable. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, the good times. But, yeah, we went to Nanjing twice. Um, off the back of that, obviously winning the illustrious Sean Connery Shield of Dreams, which was the name <laughs> of the trophy. Um, we we then obviously upped our resume, so we got in, we applied and got invited to the uh, the Philippines International Sixes. Oh wow! Um, so we uh, we travelled over to Manila um, and played there, um, which was good. And I think we we ended up in like the semi-finals. I think lost in the semi-finals. Um, but it was a really good standard of cricket. Um, teams from all over um, Asia and even Australia um, were going over there to play, um, and the UAE as well. They were coming over to play in that. Um, we ended up going back there again, so we went there twice, and then from that we we upped again, and we ended up at the Chiang Mai um, in Thailand oh, wow. international sixes. So we've played there twice, and we're we're due to go back next year because it'll be the first year that they've opened up again after like COVID. So um, I don't think, unfortunately, I won't be able to go, but some of the guys will. Um, but it's yeah, it's good. And uh, and other than that, we've done a UK tour as well. 2019, we did a UK tour um, to coincide with the Cricket World Cup, uh, which England rightfully stole off New Zealand. Um, um, must, have, must have caused some drama with the leadership committee within the uh, the docks with your your Kiwi and your and yourself. It did. We we were actually playing a game uh, that day. It was the last tour game. Um, it was the day of the final, um, and we never expected like England to get to the final. So we just, oh, we just organise games whenever we can. And there was there's probably about six or seven Kiwis in our touring party. So we stopped the game. Um, we started the game and then we stopped it to watch like the sort of the last few moments and then the super over. Um, and it was, it was, I've never felt so joyful, but at the same time, so like apologetic because the really good friends there that were like, yeah, you're against, but you feel bad that your team's won and theirs is lost. And they were like, oh, no, no, yours, your team, like, were much better but then but then we were robbed because of the situation and how it all happened yeah. so it was yeah it was a really interesting day but a great way to finish off a, a tournament that uh well a tournament a tour sorry that we'd been playing for we played 10 games in 14 days um on tour um and well i played 12 actually because i was still playing league cricket as well on the saturdays so uh, so I played 12 games in 14 days, um, and I've never been as exhausted as that. Um, yeah, and you you bowl as well. That's a big. That's a like, that's a that's a big undertaking uh, to be bowling all those overs and and you know if you're a batsman, yeah. I can kind of get it. You could just have a couple of slow scores and you know stand around the field, but bowling that takes a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that. Um, but yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a big undertaking. And 
And plus, I I organised it all as well. I did all the logistics. I sorted out all the games, the accommodation for everyone. And, oh, man, it was, yeah. I think I just needed time off after that, like to be away from cricket for as long as possible because <laughs> I was cricketed out, which I never thought could ever happen to me. But, um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was good anyway. And so, so the Ducks have a... Uh, do they have like a sister club? I, I was trying to explain this to somebody today. They have a sister club or related kind of clubs or? Yeah, we do. We sort of, we've got um, not an official sister club, but one of our founding members, he moved back to the States and he's living in Texas uh, in San Antonio, I think. No, he's living in Austin, sorry. Um, and he formed a club there pretty much the same way that we did in Beijing. Um, and they're called the Austin Ducks, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Um, but we do have an official sister club, which are the uh, the Black Swans, which are based out of uh, Australia. Um, yeah. And they. Perth? Would it be West yeah. Western Australia? There you go. Yeah, yeah, out of Perth. Yeah. Um. So we met them when we were in uh, the Philippines, and we just sort of hit it off with them, and yeah stayed in touch and yeah it's it's been uh it's well it's just been uh, one of those i mean no one's really seen each other for the last three years because mm. you can't really travel internationally or you couldn't um or you weren't going to just for um a weekend of cricket really but um yeah hopefully that'll all pick up again um when uh when everyone gets sort of uh used to traveling again do you have any um do you have any favorite? I guess so. You, so you, you've got the Beijing docks. I know you're wearing your your metronomes outfit at the moment. Which, by the way, is a that's a it's a quality outfit. I, I'm a big fan of the uh, unconventional jersey and shirts and whatnot. It looks fantastic, almost like a tie dye kind of theme to it. Uh, it is, yeah. Well, how, how did how did the how did the metronomes name come around? By the way, I, I don't think I've ever asked you that. Oh no, it well. The Metronomes Cricket Club started as a group of people just through Twitter um, that somehow agreed to play a cricket match um, to raise money for uh, the National Autistic Society. Um, but the organisers um, and sort of the, the founders, really, of this club um, is a couple called uh, Bex and Michael. And... Um, one of their their oldest child, I believe it's their oldest, um, suffers with autism, um, and he has trouble sort of concentrating and focusing a lot of the time. Um, and one of the things they found that would help him sleep at night was they bought him a metronome, you know, and it just sits there and it ticks away. Yeah. And he could adjust the pace at which it ticked. So they got at him, and he sort of never looked back. It's like being on his in his bedroom um ticking away um as he goes to sleep and it sort of helps him really focus calm down and just so it just came from that really um uh so hence it's on the uh, on the logo yeah i'll take a chance to plug to plug that i mean anybody who likes good sporting merchandise the the logo is fantastic it's got the rainbow colors behind it that's a that's some quality merchandise there i I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be asking you how I can get one. Uh, cheese for well, sure. Well, 
Well, I was. I got in touch today with uh, the guys who have done our kit, um, and soon the uh, the caps will be available and the shirts. So I will uh, I will sort you each out one of those, um, and also one for Brett as well. I know he's not here, but yeah. uh, fantastic. An but, offer, an offer of a great cause as well. Like that's that's the end. yeah, and it kind of brings me on to maybe one of the final questions I had, and we talked a little bit about this, but. Um, we talked about different locations for cricket, different reasons for getting it. I mean, to to you, I mean, what you play cricket not just to get out of the house, not just to roll your arm over, but you know, what what does it really mean or to you to have a a good cricket club together and and and, and really enjoy your cricket? What does it mean to you? Um, it's a good question. That is sort of it's difficult to maybe put down as sort of what it what it means to me but um what i get from it um i enjoy being part of a team that um yeah you you have to pull together as a cricket team um obviously individuals can sort of flourish within within any particular game and you you may and and within a team so you may have someone who is a great batsman um, and he scores hundreds every week. But unless you've got people that are willing to dive around in the field um, and bowlers that, yeah, can just plug away um, and support sort of uh, those other good players, it's it's not always going to work. So I think it's that, for me, it's something I get out of, um, it's that sort of team spirit. It's that camaraderie that you have um it's it's the winning is possible from any situation i mean that's what i like about cricket i mean it's i've played in games where we've yeah we we've been bowled out batting first we've been bowled out for like 100 and you think oh it's not very good that cuz we we're, we're playing this sort of where 250 scored would be a a competitive score um, so you think, oh, we've been bought out for a hundred. It's like tough, but we've gone in and we've pulled out, and you get a few early wickets, and then you get a couple more, and then the momentum shifts, and everyone sort of lifts themselves, and and you end up winning the game by sort of thirty, forty runs. You've bowled the opposition out, but I've also been on the receiving end of that as well, where yeah, we've a team's batted first and scored three fifty against us, and then bowled us out for twenty seven. I think was the low, and you're like, oh. Yeah, there was one here in a sort of in the UK recently. A team scored five hundred and seventy for three in a forty-five over game, and then bowled the opposition out for fifty-seven. Jeez, who, think, was, wow. who was playing? Who was playing for them? <laughs> the World Eleven. Uh, yeah, no idea, but it just yeah, it happens. Uh, I mean, or a team bat first and score three hundred and fifty, and then this team batting second knock them off and it's just like oh it's just how it can sort of come around and what brings people together and how they develop but I think ultimately a good team a good cricket club um, is um, defined not just on the field it's what happens off the field more so um, yeah. you've, you've got to be you've got to be friends off the field you've got to be um, interacting socially, you've got to involve families, you've got to involve friends, 
you've got to get everyone involved. And to me, the best clubs generally do that. Yeah. I think um, what you're I, saying is it, sorry. Yeah. So what you're saying is it's, it's, it's like its own ecosystem. It's like its own village with its own dynamic culture and all the layers that go to, well, ultimately make you feel that sense of belonging and well, we all want happiness, right? So yeah, I, I guess it's that ecosystem. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I, that's that's it really, yeah. yeah. I think you also in in cricket you especially when you play outside of I'd say outside of India, UK and Australia, you kind of become a citizen of the world as well because and you've probably experienced this as well, Chief. I mean, I I have to admit when I when I grew up in Ireland and I, I went to university in Scotland, but it was only when I came and I played cricket in the United States that I knew what Diwali was or Holi was. It was only when I came here that I, I really appreciated how uh, the different religions of the people who were in our club impacted their day to day and the things they celebrate and how important families were to them in different ways. And all of that was non-cricket related. It was all the stuff off the field as well. So I do think it's a, it's a real, as a sport, it's a real melting pot too. It's, um, yeah, yeah definitely. Point. Totally agree on that. Um, I have one last question for you. Being all around the world, what's the best tea break that you've ever had? <laughs> Ooh, good question. But I'm going to say it was in the hmm, outside of the UK. It would be in the Philippines, um, and it would be. Um, uh, I think it was. I think it was a team called like they were sort of in Indians of the Philippines um, or um, a, sounds daft, but a, Asians of the Philippines, but now I'm pretty sure they were Indian and they'd cooked like a, a whole load of like homemade Indian food for everyone. Bearing in mind, we we're playing in like 90 degree heat um, <laughs> with about 90% humidity um, to be served like, rice and sort of dal um at half time on paper plates that were like so flimsy that you basically had to flex it into a bowl to keep everything on the plate um and yeah it was great like homemade sort of rotis and yeah just tucking in there it was just perfect like the whole game stopped and like 20 teams went over and just got fed like canteen style um hey um geez, just quickly yeah. How was your second innings performance then? Uh, I'm trying to think. I think we actually, that game, we actually, um, we were playing a much better team than ourselves. Um, and, sorry, I thought someone was waking up in the house. Um, and we got a couple of American guys playing for us who, they won't mind me sort of saying this, but they they weren't the best cricketers. But um, we were playing these guys who were serious competitors, um, and we only needed so many runs to win. Uh, well, we needed like thirty runs to win off like two overs, which is like a big ask in sort of, especially when you've got any, yeah, a, any a left, yeah, a left arm uh, sort of over pace bowler coming in banging the ball in short on a hard track to an American guy that isn't used to the ball bouncing before it gets to him. 
um, and he's playing and missing. They're going above his head, um, so they were the umpire was calling them wide, um, and then they started deliberately bowling wide um, because there were no extra balls for the wides in this particular tournament. So all the crowd that were watching started booing, but the guy who was bowling. Um, didn't know that the last ball of the over has to be a legitimate delivery. Um, and he bowled it particularly wide and it actually pitched off the strip, though it was a no ball. Um, but it pitched off the strip. Our American guy had a big swing at it. He'd followed it and it was really wide and he outside edged it and it flew off the four. Um, so we've got obviously the no ball, the four. It had to be bowled again. Um, anyway because it was the next ball the over but oh sorry the new the no ball was a free hit so he's then dispatched the free hit for a four um we've scampered a couple of other runs in that over and then the same thing happened in the last over and we needed four off the last ball to win and he's been bowled like a full toss beamer straight at him and he's just well he's used to that he's a baseball player and he's just completely smashed it out of the park to which like we've stormed off the field um to be like greeted by the other teams like who ran on the field to celebrate us beating this other team so the second innings performance was uh, was was quite good that's so uh, that food that food was awesome the food the food set the scene it filled our, our bellies full of fire yeah <laughs> yeah um, well, listen, Cheese, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for, for coming on. I understand it's very, very late for you, but um, great chat. And listen, this will not be the, the last time you come on because we are going to come and pick your brains about England cricket. We we, we, could, we could have sat here and we could have talked about poor old Johnny Berstow. We could have talked about the county cricket game. We could have talked about... I just looked, Australia are getting run through by Zimbabwe, which you'll love to talk about, I'm sure, at some point. Um, maybe when Brett is around, we could bring that one up, but um, yeah. we'll maybe leave that there there today. So, uh, any any final words before we we move on? Other than thank you very much. Um, thanks for having me. Um, I've been I've been listening sort of avidly for the sort of the last uh, few sort of podcasts that have come out, and really enjoyed just listening to you guys chatting. Um, away from sort of uh, the other side of cricket that maybe brought us together through uh, the the NFT space and uh, things like that. So it, it's nice to see the other side of people. That's it. Well, um, listen, for Marnie and I, thanks a million uh, for, for doing this for us. Cheers, really enjoyed it. Cheers.